welcome to the PC Gamer UK podcast. My name is Sammy Roberts. I'm the UK editor in chief of PC Gamer, and I'm joined today by Phil Savage. Philip Moore. We're doing the PC Gamer Top 100 podcast again. Um, this one seemed yeah. to go down quite well last year because whenever I look on iTunes, it's like the most listened to episode on there. It's also one of our spicier episodes. Oh, because um. we didn't like the list, did we? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be our listener. No, like me and Phil for a couple of years have been a bit. Uh, we think the process needed to change on making the top 100 yes, i mean as the person most responsible for going through that process i was very up for changing it yeah <laughs> significantly so uh, we used to have like a weighted pointing system where all of the staff and a few freelancers uh, would uh, choose their top 15 games and then they would be assigned 15 points for the number one game they chose and one point for number 15 so you know yeah, it's pretty then some pretty in-depth math somebody stuff going on there i.e me would add them all up and would get a democratic list that we couldn't really edit that much because it was a democratic list so it felt weird to then tweak it yeah uh, and that just resulted in some democracy's tricky it is yeah but like it meant that some games got like weird placings because it took just one person putting a game at number one for a game to go right up You'd the charts at least and, 50 usually yeah and we were probably slightly too beholden to those numbers um so this year the process changed. Phil, you kind of chaired it. Do you want to explain how that changed? So rather than democracy, we didn't do that. Um, <laughs> we just uh, opened up a Google Doc and I said, if you think a game is worthy of putting in the top 100, just add it to this list. Yeah. Um, so everybody did. Uh, I think we ended up with 200 plus games. Yeah. Uh, and then in a series of very long Skype calls, uh, the representatives of the team from across the world uh, talked through every single game on that process and decided where uh, whether it should be in the list and where. Wasn't like three two-hour meetings or something like that? It was I think it was two three-hour meetings. Oh, okay, but, right. Well, you know. that's the same amount of time. <laughs> Actually, three hours might be underselling it. Yeah, it was... Um, I, I think, though, it has resulted in a much better list. I should actually... Yeah, I think- yeah, the thing I should say, actually, is that you can now buy this, uh, the magazine that has this list in it. Mm. Um, it uh, comes in a wonderful uh, supplement with the World of Warcraft issue that's on sale now in the UK. Um, and then there'll be a, uh, an equivalent US issue with the Top 100 out soonish. Like, yeah, subscribers and- should be getting their copies very soon because we just got yeah. ours in. And then, yeah, it should be out in newsstands in the next couple of weeks yeah so um yeah this is kind of like a commentary for it really um mm. but um yeah it's fair to say that the list is more i think it's more interesting this year i think it's more spider web isn't in there so <laughs> <laughs> so i'm happy but <laughs> um it's more it's also i think more representative of pc gamer in the sense <laughs> that actual humans have sat down and discussed and thought about where things should be rather than just leaving it to maths. Yeah, it was very, um, very in-depth. Like, it, we really asked the question, does this belong in the list? Some, like, real kind of, like, old classics got, you know, challenged and we say, is this still relevant? And Yeah, that's the other thing. Because this is an annual list, we do the top 100 every year, um, it's specific focus is you know games that we would recommend today like yeah. it's the top 100 games that you should be playing right now um and i think that does result in a sort of bias towards newer things because it's just an ongoing living document but then, essentially but then you got an acronox in the list so i didn't oh didn't it didn't, no, didn't no, no acronox didn't make it in the end oh crap uh, there was like Whistling it down to the final 100, I think we had something like 115 games after we'd done all the discussions, and then we had to just cut 15 so we yeah. could make it, and that 
that was probably the hardest part of the process. It was so. tough, but we just had to remind ourselves that just because it's not on the list, it doesn't mean it's like a bad game. Mm. Like that's the thing you have to remind exactly. yourself. There are more than a hundred good PC games. So, so, so Pip, you um, this is your first uh, top one hundred on staff. Uh, how did you kind of find the process? I see a lot of like your your taste in this list actually. A lot of like Pip choices, I would say. It's interesting because being somebody who plays a lot of games that no one else on the rest of the team plays, that was a weird position to be in because, and it certainly would have fallen foul of the the previous system because it would have been a case of me rating a thing and then like no one else putting it on their numbers to back it up. Right. So it would probably have, you know, just sort of disappeared off um, just through lack of lack of other votes I, I remember on the calls I spent a lot of time explaining what all of my mm. choices actually were and yeah. like the genres and things so that was kind of interesting because um, a lot of the other stuff um, if more people have played it so for uh, just to take a game that someone mentioned this morning um, just if if we were talking about Destiny 2 or something everyone on the team has an understanding of what that is whereas mm. just sort of looking at you know the first couple of pages Muke Cartographer I had to sort of like go to first principles share the web page you know it was kind of like okay this is this is where I'm coming from with this it was nice to sort of get more of that stuff on the list but also it was a difficult conversation in terms of where those end up because yeah of you know the the lack of context in some ways like you know if if not many people have played it it then becomes on you to say whether it's better than a thing or and and when there's such different experiences it then becomes really hard to yeah. to wait that that definitely <laughs> became a thing like when because i think it was only like three or four of us doing those final cuts and actually getting it to 100 so it was like okay i should defend this because it's Pit made a you know long case for it, uh, so we shouldn't just cut it because we haven't heard of it. I love that. Not a good case, a long case. <laughs> <laughs> there was, yeah, there's quite a bit of that. There's quite a bit of like we haven't played this, so why why does it belong here? Do we think it's important? Um, but I, I I think those conversations are really positive actually. Yeah, usually, people yeah. were really hearing like no matter what who picked the game, like people were hearing out why it should be there. It was a really good yeah. process, like. Definitely the the best one I've been a part of. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it came down to sort of, not strength of arguments, but kind of the passion behind what you think about that game, because that's what this list should ultimately reflect, is the things that we are passionate about yeah. right now. And mm. to actually hear that come across, like you knew it was going to be a better list, because it wasn't just, oh, well, I mean, last year we'd get things that the freelancer voted for, but they weren't available to write the thing, so someone else would have to write up an entry for a thing that they didn't necessarily believe in. Or yeah, that didn't really happen this year. No, like, no, people not at just all. People, like, uh, you we can... kept it purely on staff for one thing. So yeah, yeah, it made a big difference. I think this is the first time you've had somebody who actively plays League of Legends yes. to write about it, rather than sort of seeing it from the outside as a phenomenon that is clearly important in that respect. Yeah. It's... Yeah, that's definitely one that in previous years we've talked about. I'm sure you know about this, Pip. Like, should this be in the list? Should it not? We haven't played it, therefore should it be in our own yeah, list? Yeah, we'd, like, we'd create yeah. a list that didn't have it, and someone would say, should, like, the biggest game in the world not be on the list? And yeah. it's like, yeah, it is, like, it reflects our audience, for sure. Does it reflect us as a team? Because it is our list. Yeah. And that, we've been back and forth on that a lot, and we didn't have to this year, because... Maybe I should game. have held that to ransom. <laughs> I should have been like, well, I won't write about this unless such and such is on the list. <laughs> now you realise. 
I know. Next year, planning already. Shall we? Should we kick off then? Yeah. I think we have to get through these fairly quickly. One, one more extra thing I will say is like more than ever we have held to the only one game per series rule, which is purely in there as a sort of way to make sure that the list isn't just. You know, if there's a hundred games, they are a hundred different games. It's not just like four Fallout games. I think there's yeah. only one series that gets in twice, and the two games from that are like twenty-five years apart or something. Oh, is so. that Fallout? Uh, it's Doom. Oh, right, yeah, Doom of course, Two yeah. and the re-release of both of them. So yeah, because I remember for a while we talked about do we have a two D um, isometric Fallout or do we have a? But we'd have to go into that. Yeah, so, uh, well, uh, just in, the, in some fact, instances the when we say like a Fallout, or we say something like that. We're sort of talking about all of the games uh, in the series yeah. in the write-ups. Just I, buy it, and you'll see exactly how <laughs> that works. I just got, I've got bad news though for the sort of um, deep-seated old man RPG communities. It's not New Vegas. It's <laughs> on the list. <laughs> um, Okay, let's kick off then. Um, yes. So Path of Exile is number 100. Mm-hmm. Um, a very Stephen Messner choice, I would say. Um, yeah, I think um, Tom Senior is a fan as well. Uh, yeah, sort of Diablo-ish, um, uh, you know, like loot sort of grinding game that has had a very successful extended life mm. on PC. This one seems to be more of a Diablo 2 kind of complex build type thing where there's uh, a, a bewildering array of, array of stats. Um, I really like all the different like little creatures you can get because they're very New Zealand. It's a New Zealand <laughs> studio I believe and it's got you know like wetters and things like that right, yeah. as like companions that sort of like leak blood everywhere and you're kind of like great, brilliant. <laughs> I don't see anything about leaking blood in our entry but um, yeah I were, nonetheless that makes me want to check it out. Um, <laughs> I'll move on to number 99 then which is Twisted it. Insurrection and this is a mod isn't it? It is it's a stand well it's a standalone game. D- didn't uh, we have a mod. like a mid to light discussion about this Phil? We did. I don't want to say argument it wasn't quite an argument. It wasn't an argument um, so usually so a Twisted Insurrection is a um, mod of Command and Conquer Tiberian's Sun mm-hmm. um, that is now a standalone game it's really grown into its own thing really um uh, but it adds extra factions. It's got a load of units. Um, from everything I've heard about it, it improves upon Tiberian Sun a lot, uh, which is fine because Tiberian Sun isn't the best Commander Conquer. I think we can all agree. No, but the kind of conversation came down to like this is easier to play now than yeah. Commander Conquer, which just run like shite. Usually, previously we voted for Red Alert or Red Alert Two, one of those, and they are still great games. It's just they are becoming increasingly more difficult to get running smoothly on Windows 10. Even with your fix, it still crashes on both my PCs. Yeah, like, it yeah. gets very confused by higher resolutions and stuff. Um, so, and yeah. also, like, multiplayer is very difficult to get working. And um, there are some third-party uh, tools, but I don't know how well-populated they are, whereas this is just one package that works in Windows 10 and has an active multiplayer community. So yeah, that fits the remit of the list and mm. you would play this now. Uh, number 98 then is Killing Floor 2. Um, I have briefly played this. It's definitely more of a kind of US team, uh, a big yes. into this game. Um, but I've, I, uh, I understand it's very, very good. I enjoyed what I played. Um, anything to add on that? My brother's really into it. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember if it's Killing Floor 2 or Killing Floor that he has his ridiculous like number of hours played. And I remember mocking that and then speeding past it in Dota 2 <laughs> and being like, I don't have a leg to stand on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we should play that at some point. It yeah, we should. It's not like my preferred flavour of four-player co-op uh, horde mode thing. How different is it to like Left 4 Dead or whatever? It's... Um, 
I find it's not like as polished as say Left Dead or even Vermintide. It's a bit sort of grungy and weird, but it's probably worth giving a go. Yeah, I played that VR game they made as well um, at the weekend uh, okay. last year. That was really good. Um, okay, number 97, uh, Night in the Woods. Hmm. Uh, I've played about half this game and really liked it. It's kind of a story-centric game where there's anthropomorphic um, sad animals. It captures the idea of going back to your hometown when you're a bit older and how depressing it can be when things don't change. And Yeah. There's a whole, there's a lot going on there thematically. Phil, you've played more of it than me. Do you want to comment on it? Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't know how well I'd get on with this. Like, I really liked a couple of the things that studio had made, sort of leading up to it, the little sort of free spin-off games they'd made. But the actual, I don't know, something about the writing and um, the way it was talked about online, I found a bit. Ugh, I think this is going to be quite arch and a bit annoying. like Undertale. Yeah, a bit yeah. like that. Um, but actually, no, it's really. Um, like there's a bit of that kind of wry ironic element to it, but it's you know a very kind of down to earth, heartfelt story. That um, you know the characters are flawed but likable, and it's kind of interesting to explore the relationships between them, all of which are sort of pretty fraught in some way. Yeah. Um, so part of it is about reconnecting with people and kind of making up the, for the fact that you're a massive fuck up. Um, yeah. But also, yeah, there's a lot of uh, sort of small town, uh, whatever the word is for it being run down, and like just it's at the tail end of its life essentially, and making peace with that fact. Um, I find it really interesting, despite the fact like its experiences aren't necessarily my experiences. It's a very American style version yeah. of it's like what can happen to a town because but... you, yeah, you realise that America like there are there are some major cities, and then there are just but there are many, many, many more small towns that are like in the middle of nowhere or. You know whether you, uh, like maybe the job opportunities aren't like you know as kind of uh, rich as if you went to like a major city, mm. and that's just from speaking to friends who've you know lived in the states. Like, um, yeah, I, th- I felt like it, it captured that extremely well. Um, James Davenport, who uh, I think was like lives in a grew up in a slightly smaller town in Montana, like felt like it captured it quite well. I think mm. you played it, Pip. Um, I played bits. I remember I actually tried to play it one Christmas when I was at home in my own sort of place that is hard to find work in and so on, but very British version of that. Um, but there's a rhythm section quite early on that I just really didn't get on with. Like when, oh, the guitar hero bit. Yeah, yeah, there's like a band practice kind of thing that May joins in with and I just really didn't enjoy it and I stopped playing after that because I think I ended up being roped in to babysit a, a niece or a nephew. So... <laughs> Oh yeah, I should I shouldn't carry on after the um, bit where you go to that campfire and meet your ex. Like I just found that very painful and I had to turn it off. Oh yeah, that... so I was like, oh, I'm too sad to play this. Yeah, <laughs> that's oh. a low point. <laughs> I mean, not not a low point for the game, a low point for <laughs> emotions that you feel. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, number 96 then is uh, Deadly Premonition, the director's cut. Um, this is a very pip choice, I feel. But, it uh, was, yeah. yeah. It was. I remember I had to choose between this and Cradle, didn't I? You did. It was very much like you're allowed one janky but great game. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very much that I think if you gel with it, it will probably end up as one of your favourite games of all time. But if you don't, you will hate every second that you have to spend with it. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> hard work to drive and the combat is hard and not very good but then like the characters are very endearing and there's something about the world that's kind of 
it's amazing. Weird but great, and the story has stayed with me for years and years. That I've, you know, like and but Wes does point out, um, I believe the the particular sort of ways that you can try and mitigate some of the mm. terribleness of the PC port. It's so. just it's the crashes. I don't I don't care how, yeah. about how it looks because it never looks good. Like you can't make it look good even with a fix. But like it's the, just the I wish it crashed less. Maybe the GOG version's a bit better, but. Um, yeah, but it's one of those things where, like, because I, th- I actually wrote the review of the PC port for PCG, and so that that basically has a list of all the caveats for, mm. you know, basically if you if you think that you will enjoy this kind of thing and don't mind a car that handles like a shopping trolley that's got a stick in its wheels, you know, yeah. it's that kind of thing. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. It's, uh, it's but great. It's so good. Yeah, it's kind of like a, I guess, like a failed masterpiece. It's yeah, it's it's really something. Yeah, I think it's it, it takes a similar spot to not for the same reasons, but Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines yeah, we yeah. would previously have had. It's that yeah. sort of um, yeah. Okay, so at number ninety five we have Stick Shift, which um, Pip only your name is next to this. So did, is this another Pip choice? Uh, I believe so, but I think I think other people agree. Oh, no, I'm not meant <laughs> to make you feel bad about uh, <laughs> the game you chose. <laughs> Justify yourself. <laughs> it's um, because I think Robert Yang makes some of the most interesting games on PC and really has a, a a wonderfully light touch when dealing with things that actually have a lot of political or socio-political implications and just making them funny and fun to play, like Stick Shift, you know it actually touches on stuff like um it it touches on some very complex subject matter that it's probably better if you read um his blogs on the subject than i try and summarize them in a tiny amount of time but if you just play it you'll actually have fun okay. as well so it's yeah it's that kind of like thought provoking but genuinely a good light game experience as oh, well. So. That's why a game about wanking off a car is number 95 in our list. Yeah, it is also a game about <laughs> wanking off a car. That's very much like, think of all the games that didn't get onto the list. They all got beaten by a game where you wank off a car. This is, you know... <laughs> and deservedly so. <laughs> uh, okay, number 94 then is Elite Dangerous. I feel like um, this is a very uh, sort of safe choice, but uh, yeah, it's, it's still... Felt the safe choice Savage coming in, <laughs> voting for the game about space. It is, it is the best at what it does, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I sort of go back and forth about how much I actually enjoy playing it, or, or the sort of long tail um, objectives that you set, and how long it takes to work towards having the ship you want, or the things that you need to yeah. to get by in space. But um, I mean, purely from like an audio and visual perspective, it is one of the most. I mean, affecting kind of atmospheric portrayals of space exploration I put it up against something like No Man's Sky which I think you know does a lot of things right and uh, looks very beautiful but the specific kind of sci-fi presentation in Elite is just really cool um, yeah. the way that you jump into hyperspace and sound um, like the, yeah the sound of that like the charging up build really kind of signifies it as this big moment and then you eject into a new solar system as the sun just straight into your face and it's just like holy shit yeah even after playing it for you know tens of hours yes yeah it's and they've done a lot to kind of extend its life as mm. well yeah i've not been back since like all the alien shenanigans have started so uh i'm kind of interested to see how that's 
changed the game um, and like its moment-to-moment stuff, mm, okay. if at all. All right, cool. Well, uh, number 93 then, we've got Nino Kuni 2, Revenant Kingdom. Mm. I've not played this, but I hear it's very nice Japanese RPG. Yeah, I bought it in a sale recently, so I'm going to dig into it, see. I'm, I'm worried that it's very, very twee. Like, I couldn't deal with the the names of things yeah, when I the, was reading our reviews. I just I, what's his the main character's name is something like Evan, Evan Petty Whisker, yeah, and yeah, the, from the town of Ding Dong Dell or something. It's I just like oh I my god, I I'm so sorry. Like it might be the best thing in the world, but those names will always be just. Maybe if there was a mod to make them just be that would be good. Else. Yeah, <laughs> if you just yeah, <laughs> Dave from Shropshire, Dave from accounts. <laughs> okay, well that's how we feel about that one. Um, number ninety two is new. Um, sorry, not new. Moo cartographer. Um, this is another Pip game, <laughs> but other people may or may not enjoy it. <laughs> well, are you see your name next to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. This is yeah. probably the one you had to do the most sort of work <laughs> to justify. It was. Like... It's. I really love it because it's a game which essentially just gives you a dashboard of different tools and lets you play with them to just try and reveal different shapes or places on this, you know, sort of odd looking. It's not quite a map. It's more that it's... Um, almost like a, a sonar scan of mm. an area or, so, you know, something mm. with, like, a visual representation that's all, you know, um, uh, different sort of height maps of, of a thing. Um, and by refining the data that you get by twiddling these various, like, knobs and, you know, other tools at your disposal, dials, you know, all of that kind of stuff, um, you can suddenly bring that into focus as, I don't know, like a stepped pyramid or a or a particular building or, you know, and it's just got this real feeling of discovery or of um, gradually building up your um, intuitive knowledge of what you're doing. Um, it's really hard to get to grips with at first, so you might well end up needing to, I don't know, pop onto YouTube and just watch someone get to grips with it if, you know, if your first foray into it doesn't work out. But I think it's one of those things where I haven't found another game that has quite that sense of play and discovery mm. that is as rewarding or is, you know, just pleasing. It's certainly different to everything else on the list. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we I think we tried to sort of draw things from different genres and have a lot more variety in the list this year. It definitely um, feels like it, yeah. Like, one of the things, you know, when, when another RPG came up in the shortlist, we would ask, like, do we need this one? Or have we got, mm. like, have, are there enough examples of great RPGs you can play without having to list every single one yeah this one was the point where because on on its itchio page uh evan pointed out that it's actually described as a toy rather than a game Mm. so we sort of ended up discussing whether that was a meaningful distinction and you can obviously guess where we landed given that it's on the list Mm. but it's that thing of it's a toy that is pleasing to play with and rewards you with a result right Mm. so Mm. it felt it still felt right for this yeah absolutely uh number 91 then is guild wars 2 uh game we talked about like many times um yeah but yeah still a a good reliable yeah um it's very good at what it does um 
it's free for the base game, so you've, it's very sort of not a lot going on just to try it out. There's no, no real commitment there. Um, and it does a lot of things that still few MMOs do that actually make it like kind of easy and rewarding to play without having to, you know, spend 50 hours before you get to the good stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, number 90 then is Super Mega Baseball 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think any of us play that, but let's assume it's a good baseball game. So yeah, we'll um, give it a big old score. So Yeah, yeah uh, Chris Livingston and Evan, I think, in particular, really went to bat for it. Lol. Uh, yep, yep, um, yep. I I believe it has uh, tons of nuance in pitching and hitting. And I hear it walks the line between like a a detailed sports sim and NBA Jam like uh, arcadiness. The customization is great too, letting uh, you change everything from player abilities to team logos. I believe you, Phil, were particularly excited about the pennant race mode, which makes every online game feel important. Excellent. Those are our deep feelings about that. Okay, Uh, number 89 is the Stanley Parable. Uh, I think oh, I this so nearly didn't get on. This is my first one that I voted for. Um, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think so this is when Sam woke up. <laughs> <laughs> this is when, yeah, this is when I checked my emails uh, during my uh, week off just to make sure that I put some games on the list. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I would, I would show this to anyone who doesn't play that many games and kind of wants to be, uh, and is, uh, you know, will, can be wowed by like a narrative game, like it. The, the first four or five times you play through it, it's just it is just amazing to discover mm. the different uh, ways in which it branches. Oh, fucking hell, everyone's played it. They know what it is. Number 88 <laughs> is Drawful 2. Um, I've not played this, but there's a picture of an owl in a bikini here, so I'm going to assume <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's one of those party games where uh, you draw a thing, and then stuff happens, and somebody wins. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think uh, Wes voted for it, because, yeah, that's... Uh, they, Wes loves a bit of Pictionary, basically. M- basically. <laughs> but, uh, oh, Wes used the word millennial. I have to have words about that. Millennial <laughs> Pictionary. <laughs> um, so, because it, it's from the um, people who do You Don't Know Jack, and um, the whatever they're bundled packs of um right yeah okay yeah those kind the of jackbox i think they're called or something oh yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah um and drawful 2 is one that was released like it, i think the first drawful was what in one of those packs but this one was really standalone so clearly like it resonated with more with a lot of people mm-hmm. um and yeah we're, we're seems really into it so cool there it is good stuff uh nidhogg 2 is a number 87 how did we end up with nidhogg 2 rather than nidhogg isn't it um, well, we really like nidhogg 2 didn't we we did thought it? it was did we give it a very good score uh yeah i think Chris Schilling reviewed it and gave it a good score, and James and Evan both voted for it and sure. seemed to really like it. Um, yeah, fine. I've not played two; I only played Nidhogg. And yeah, I've not played two either. I've but got good. over that phase of my life. <laughs> good dueling sort of party game. Yeah, like, um, sort of... I don't really have parties anymore, so I've no need to play these kind of games. Yeah, but I'm, I think uh... that's I think that's what's happened. <laughs> We've all become saddened in our thirties. <laughs> I remember um, a friend of mine, Brendan Caldwell, who works over at RPS, having a. Uh, a a party game actual tournament round his house mm. when um when we all still lived in london and um nidhog original nidhog was one of them and the york was somehow involved and star wall and things like that and i've not been back to nidhog since i got roundly beaten by phil cameron and i i will not stand for this so just retiring from that game forever so it and can't happen again still somehow it's 87 that's right <laughs> um, well, no, maybe it's good that nidhog 2 is in there rather mm. than nidhog <laughs> phil i saw you do an awkward look to the left then are we be- are we going too slowly do you need to go faster oh no we're fine we're fine i was just checking levels i get paranoid all right so steven sausage roll then 
Nice. Um, uh, Pip, you are on a break from Stephen's sausage roll. I am. I'm still very angry with it, but I've it, enough time has passed. That I don't remember why. I just know that I'm still angry. So it's going to have to be another maybe couple of months before I go back and start chipping away at it again. <laughs> but I'm still working on this, and this game will not defeat me. <laughs> uh, no, it did defeat me. Fair enough. If you read the supplement, it basically says all of that. Um, <laughs> Battletech is a number 85, uh, quite a new uh, tactics strategy game that's um, just had a, quite a major overhaul, I think. Oh, has it? Yeah. Okay. Well, it had like a significant patch to fix its like performance issues and um, I think maybe to add an extra difficulty saying. I might be misremembering that, actually. Cool. But in any case, like, you know, it's a paradox game, so it gets mm. better gradually as they go. I wonder if they've added more like um, onboarding type stuff as well, because I remember like a lot of people struggled with you know, oh, the just UI, the nuances. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah it struggles highly, to explain highly. some pretty basic concepts like how armor works. But I do believe PCGamer.com has some helpful articles on the subject. It does, <laughs> it does, yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, very good. I'm sure that will um, continue to grow. Um, okay, Football Manager is at number 84, Football Manager 2018. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Joe, Joe is not choice. here, so... <laughs> yeah, um, I, uh, yeah, you do the football management, and it's uh, very I mean, detailed simulation. The been going forever, and they're still releasing them, so someone must like them. I'll just make Joe's point that um, if you don't like football, then um, there's still something to appreciate about it, about how it's designed. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it really is... a quite an endeavour um, to, to build a game like that to keep it refreshed mm-hmm. um, okay number 83 is Thumper which yeah. um, feels like something everyone's played on team um, do you guys want to talk about that one it's very good it's incredibly well put together like it, it it's just so smooth mm. and almost effortless to drop into a game and to just keep playing and keep going and start again and you know sort of just have the urge to get better and yeah it's just I think it's just incredibly well crafted hmm. yeah um, I keep meaning to buy it on Switch actually because I bet that would be perfect for that um, play a bit of that um, and then not sleep for yeah four hours possibly it, if it feels perfectly at home on PC to me because mm. it comes along with a sense of ominous dread that uh, uh, years of working on a magazine cycle has armed me with when I go to my <laughs> PC <laughs> So what, it's like living in your email inbox. Yeah, it's like <laughs> every day could be a new disaster. It's like every level is the week before deadline. <laughs> That's my review. Uh, yeah, there's nothing else quite like it, Sure, uh, for sure. Um, so number 82 is Euro Truck Simulator 2, which is very much like a, a standard on our list. Um, it's gone up a few places this year, probably because, I don't know, I don't know. It's just we yeah. like it, I guess. Um, yeah, it's always Euro Truck Simulator too. It's never American Truck Simulator. I'm sure. I'm assuming there's some probably because <sighs> there's not as much of American Truck Simulator. Yeah, um, I mean Euro Truck Simulator has the benefit of having been out longer, so it's just got more stuff in it. Um, there are more DLC packs and things like America's not got that many states. Has I think it? they're yeah. up to three or four by now. I've not checked yeah. in for a while, well, but I mean, I understand it, it is it. growing. There's loads to go then. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Have they done Rhode Island yet? That's probably they should probably charge very little for that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's there's a bit of that. Um, me and Andy have quite a deep um, ideological difference between the two truck simulator games, where he does prefer Euro Truck, and it's kind of dark, gloomy atmosphere. Whereas I prefer the sort of 
wide open romanticism of uh, American Truck Simulator. Wow, deep ideological. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're talking like um, Clinton and Bob Dole differences but here. I magnanimously uh, allowed Andy's choice to to be the pick this year. Maybe next year I'll put in more of an effort. To be fair, in your part of this discussion, you do still just wang on about how you prefer American trucks. Also, yeah, that's one of the benefits of just having words that you can write in a thing. Uh, FTL Faster Than Light is at number 81. Uh, That's one that I voted for. I don't like it. Fair enough. It's quite stressful. I'm to it. Do you know know what? The last boss is still too fucking hard Mm. on it, it, and it does kind of spoil it, because... You have to be prepared in a very specific way for to uh, enjoy the finale. But um, I remember it, the first it. few worlds are very, very enjoyable mm. to just kind of go through and have these little. Will I bring this person on my ship? And then will they come on and blow something up because they're crazy or, you know, those sort of conundrums. I think the reason that I don't like it is because there's always the danger that it'll be someone's suggestion for a thing to do at a party and I'm fundamentally opposed to that ever happening and that's the sign I'm going to go home see okay, this <laughs> so so your your main about Tom France yeah your main <laughs> takeaway from this is you don't like FTL because I Tom Francis exists I subtweet sub podcast him <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work if you just suddenly announce that Tom likes playing it at parties and then I leave I thought you were getting pretty into it when we played it last time I was shouting know. that's very different <laughs> So FTL. That's just gin. It's complicated. complicated yeah. We'll have a discussion later about whether we should cut all of that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to print a revised version at this rate. Um, okay, good. So number 80 is Stalker Call of Pripyat, which I understand was the third Stalker yes. game. I've actually never played this series. I probably should. Uh, it's yeah. the third and therefore most competent Stalker game. Uh it's just the one with the very cool uh, nuke effects that go off and you have to go and hide. Um, Probably. Yeah. I've also not played much of it. Yeah, okay, good. So number 79 is, when I turn this page, I'll find out, Doom 2. <laughs> yeah, Doom 2. Um, so, yeah, I guess like classic Doom still has an appeal that I guess like a lot a lot of other shooters do. There's still something very specific about, it's, about it that's it's enjoyable. the only one of the shooters from that era, the era that I still regularly go back to. Like, something just like the pace of it is just right. I mean, a lot of those shooters from the nice play quickly but doom isn't the fastest of them by a long stretch and that kind of gives it a slightly more deliberate pace yes. as you go through um plus people are making mods and maps for it still That's yeah it's just it and and the, yeah the, the mod support is what kind of keeps it relevant like there's always a new doom 2 project to check out even if it's something dumb like all the items have legs and run around yes um, yeah, and even did an article on that, the weirdest yeah. Doom mods that you can find on PCGamer.com. Um, number 78 is Grim Fandango Remastered. Um, yep, I think we all uh, like this adventure game from LucasArts. It's I probably played the, it. It's probably the, I, I guess it's the best of its latter half, that's fair to say, isn't it? The story is great. I really loved it, and the aesthetic is uh, like it really helps it hold up, even if it doesn't sort of, even if some of the elements of play are a bit annoying at this point in time. Yeah, the remaster did a, a pretty good job with that, and mm. the soundtrack's still excellent as well. Yeah, I mean, it's an old adventure game, so if you're going to play it, you might as well have a tips book to hand, a web page with all the hints, because. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been playing it recently, and yeah, I, I basically made five, so five minutes to work out a puzzle. If I can't do it, then the tips comes out, and then I, I can carry on enjoying the jokes. Honestly, that time Andy made me play Day of the Tentacle without hints, that's ruined adventure games for yeah, me. Yeah, you kind of realise there's a reason those sorts <laughs> of games died out a little bit. How did of. Andy's employment survive this? 
I wasn't editor at the time. Ah. <laughs> so I had no power over hiring and firing. I allowed it. <laughs> uh, number 77 is uh, Warhammer Vermintide 2, um, mm. which I'm glad is on the list. I would probably now, they've patched it, and I can actually get through a level without having to grind the yeah, same now- level four times. I, it's, it's a lot more enjoyable and definitely deserves to be on the list. They've both patched it and we've played enough of it to become a lot better and have better loot, so I think we're getting through it at a decent clip these days. It does. When we can get four of us together at one time. Yeah, and even if you just have three of you in an AI, it's, yeah. it's good fun. Um, it's good like. pun, by the way, <laughs> opening with. Oh, wow. In your description. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually I think I did that accidentally. Uh, we should. It's the, the, the opening line is there's a long tail to Vermintide 2. You've got to say these things, otherwise, no, the people on the No, this was the teaser. Then they have that's to buy just it. Yeah. They have to buy it. Uh, Pip, sorry, we'll go number 76. We're not going to tell you what this game is. <laughs> um, it's oxen free, actually. Um, it's a cool, spooky adventure game. I had a mate of mine message me yesterday saying, I hate oxen free. And I was like, How can you hate it? It's like a friendship over. An yeah. ex friend. Mm. <laughs> he just likes old Amiga games. He's a strange boy. Um, but yeah, um, it's uh, it, yeah, it's interesting uh, relationships, good dialogue, um, <laughs> cool choices, and reasons to replay it, perhaps forever. Um, I like guess that it's it, kind of a spoiler, not really. Not right. The vibe that it has isn't horror game, it's like eerie, yes. which is, I, I like that, and it's not as common as you'd hope Yeah. In gaming. Yeah, absolutely, good soundtrack as well. Um, so number 75 is Regency Solitaire, um, mm-hmm. like it's... Uh, Turn my head to the right. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop saying it's a pip choice, because I don't want to make you feel, you know... I know this one was nearly cut when I left this that meeting. This one was very nearly cut. <laughs> Did both you and I go to bat for that one? Yes. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, so Pip, would you like to explain why this is a rad game? I think if anyone who's kind of aware of your sort of whole personal brand probably knows how you feel about this game at this point. But, uh, you know. So it's a solitaire card game with a light sort of Jane Austen style story going on in the background um but it's just it's a very pleasing version of that and i think that it holds together really well like the the um the loops that keep you you know trying for you know a better not better score but you know like better results from from your card game even though you know there's obviously an element of the luck of the draw it's you know it has that same compulsive quality to it that I used to get from the regular sort of Windows uh, solitaire free games and stuff Mm. but with a a lovely aesthetic going on and yeah just uh, and the other thing that's been really nice is that I have sort of not stealth recommended it but I've I've talked about it to friends who are into completely different genres and they've picked it up and enjoyed it themselves and that's been really lovely to Mm. see it's not been a case of oh but I don't like casual games so I'm never going to play that it's been a case of people actually like booting it up and you know really getting on with it yeah it's lovely like a good it's like a good way into solitaire as well if you like me think it's kind of your dad's game like uh (laughs) your dad's solitaire (laughs) (laughs) I don't know much about I don't really know much about it but I just remember like um Ben Tyra bought a pack of cards to Star Wars Celebration last year I just sat there for like silently for 10 minutes putting cards down and at the end just went oh <laughs> I was like okay that that's solitaire um, but yeah it's uh, I, I, I have so many questions about that anecdote yeah I like that that was his choice to, to bring a physical packet of cards and uh, do that it's very solitaire funny. is so much better digitally because it mm. will just instantly redeal you because on you know when it's you it's like oh god this again you know there's no reason not to cheat at that point you're just going oh 
know what? It's just more hassle than it's worth. <laughs> um, well, cool. I'm glad that's on the list anyway. Um, that's uh, that's cool. I was playing it while we did the list. <laughs> nice. Well, there you go. Like, how could it not make it here? Uh, um, 74. Very, yeah, 74 is Metro Last Light Redux. Very safe choice. Been on the list before. Um, I think I've had it as a personal pick before. Mm-hmm. Good underground uh, sort of survival game with decent world building. Etc. Etc. Hopefully, the new one will get onto this next year. Yeah, I always find Foray's games are just incredibly well paced. They really have like those different types of experience, and they seed them out in such a way that there's just you never like feel like you're retreading things. You're just yeah. always doing something that feels different from the last thing. Being underground is normally boring in a game, but yeah. not in this one. It's very good. Um, <laughs> number seventy three is Final Fantasy fourteen uh, MMO that's been on the up for several years. Mm. Had some good expansions. Stephen's very into it. Um, you say it's been on the up. Last position, 40. It's oh yeah. dropped. That's true. <laughs> um, Danny sometimes writes about the updates as well yes. for us, Danny Lucas. Um, and that always makes me think, oh, maybe I should get into this because, yeah, she clearly gets like so much enjoyment out of it. Do you so. know, the best thing I've read about it, though, was when Stephen, uh, Stephen did a really good Stormblood review where he said, if you don't like um, like traditional MMO combat, this will not change your mind. And I was like, thank you. Was like, <laughs> a perfect review line because I know I won't like this game on that basis. You know, I just I'm not in the mood for that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, fair, good. Okay, number seventy two is the Norwood Suite. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about this, but is it kind of like an adventure gamey thing? Kind of. It's more of the sort of thing where you interact with a weird environment and those interactions will tell you more about the history of the place or the story involved so it's kind of like it's more that almost detective like putting together the story from your own you know interactions with the objects Mm. rather than a you know a linear experience in any way um and the uh the developer is sort of super interested in music and musicality and so there's an element of like that interest in freeform jazz kind of informs it and i know that might make it sound insufferable no 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 but it uh, and it's actually got a really good sense of humor as well there have been a few times when i've you know interacted with something and it's made me laugh out loud so yeah that that looks fun i'm gonna check that out that sounds really cool Mm. um Okay. If uh, you're not sure if you'll get on with that, there's also um, Off Peak, which is a free project that sort of takes place in a train station, hmm. um, and that's really interesting as well. It's very developer. similar. Yeah, it's a very similar aesthetic, very similar kind of method of interaction. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And number seventy one is Mountain and Blade Warband, as they refuse to bring out the second one. Um, this yeah, one will probably kick around. It's for... Still going to be Warband, apparently. Uh, yeah. Um, Phil, do you want to briefly sum up why that game is good? Yeah, um, it's just a sandbox RPG in which you get the troops and you do stuff and you can do whatever you want and stuff happens and it's fun. I've I've, I've talked about Warband so many times. <laughs> like, one of the problems with the top 100 is you do end up writing about like the same games over and over again and it's like, oh. Yeah, it's like trying to write another paragraph for Metro this year. It's like, oh, fuck's sake. It's underground. It's cool. I don't know. What do you want from me? I, I, can't, like, I, can't I want to write what do you want from me? I can't wait until we decide Deus Ex isn't worthy of being in the list because <laughs> I, I think every writer on staff is out of Deus Ex words by this point. Pretty sure. much. Um, no, I should be more enthusiastic. Warband is like really good and interesting and different from like any other RPG. Those sandbox elements really matter because the amount of freedom you have does make a huge difference. Um, the, the just sheer number of things you can do, or at any point you can decide, oh, what would it be like if I tried playing in this way? And yeah. you'll have a completely different experience. 
Okay, good stuff. Uh, number 70 is StarCraft 2. Speaking of games we've written about many, many times, mm. um, although it's new this year, uh, very uh, basically, apart from away from the multiplayer stuff, very strong RTS campaigns, which are obviously like not in uh, you know, hefty it's, supply these yeah, days. Yeah, a rarity, which yeah. I think is why. Because uh, we're not. We're not an esports kind of team. Pip accepting. Yeah, and even <laughs> Pip's not a StarCraft. And StarCraft's not your flavour of no, terrible pressure. <laughs> um, I, I'm an elderly lady and my APM is just not <laughs> not there. And I fell over today and injured my wrist, so I'm not going to be able to make it as a StarCraft Ruining team your, pro. your pro it. career. <laughs> um so yeah, but the, the, that multiplayer, that deep sort of multiplayer competition is there if you want it, but also there are just some really good, interesting uh, RTS campaigns. Yeah, absolutely. And you can play the base game for free now, which is really good. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so um, Galsif 2 is at number 69. Nice. Uh, sorry, you got to do that with you. That's it. <laughs> Pip's expression tells the whole story right now. Um, yep, so... Uh, I feel like we could have done more with that, Joe. We could have mm. really used that position strategically. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame, really. Stick shift, maybe? I don't know. But we've jammed Galsif in. <laughs> the sexiest of games. <laughs> maybe this is just a really niche fetish. <laughs> Uh, so, like, a diary-generating uh, turn-based um, strategy game with yes. a lot going on. Um, I think as a team, we enjoy systems-based story generators a lot. And uh, this is one of um, the best ones around. Um, yeah. Like, if you want uh, a 4X-style game, but you don't want it to be set on a series of continents, uh, do this, because mm. it's really good. The it's really well written. It's got um, a bunch of different factions that all feel like they have like a personality that they say to stay true to, and that really helps the storytelling. Yeah, it's keeping uh, Stellaris out of the list, uh, as mm. Tom says here. Um, yep, single player games don't get much deeper than this, according to Tom Senior. Um, number sixty eight is Prison Architect. I think, like uh, I guess, similar sort of reasons. It, it generates stories. It's uh, become a very um, very detailed sort of simulation game um yeah i suppose it feels like another one we talked about a lot over the years yeah also it was more chris and andy's votes so yeah so you can uh, you can read what they say about it because they understand it. i've not played it since 2013 actually yeah um okay or in the blind forest is number 67 um i think we've all played this rock hard metroidvania that that hates you <laughs> um but it's very good yeah, actually fuck this game yeah <laughs> it's I love it, but I kind of love it from the position of no longer having to complete the final section, mm-hmm. which, because I reviewed it uh, for RPS, and that I, I'm i not usually a controller-throwing kind of person. This turned me into a controller-throwing kind of person. Right. But I would still recommend it because it's so good, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. How are, we, how are we doing timing-wise, Phil? Uh, we've gone for over 40 minutes, and we're only on number 67. What's the time? According to the... Oh, the, the actual real time. Yeah. It's half 12. Half 12. Okay. We'll try and rattle through something <laughs> a bit faster. <laughs> um, Frostpunk, good to see a game from this year on there. Yes, um, haven't played it. <laughs> a sad uh, colony uh, sort of game where people die a lot, um, but it's very uh, atmospheric and rewarding. It sounds really grindy and sad, yep. mm. from from my point of view. Okay. I've never played it. Yep. Um, <laughs> Diablo 3, 65, we like that these days. Uh, auction House was years ago, blah, 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 blah. Good expansions. Yep. Um, <laughs> good lasers, good explosions, just big bad things happening all the time <laughs> to 
terrible monsters. Yes, absolutely. Number 64, Bayonetta. Best hack and slash game there is, really, on PC. Yeah. Um, yeah, much better than the second one. Never came to PC, but trust me, you don't want to play it. I played it on Wii U. It was rubbish. Um, number 63, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Pip? Really good. Yes. <laughs> Play it for the shopkeeper's song it's, alone. Yeah, it got to 63 so because when you get near the shopkeeper, uh, you get an a cappella version of the soundtrack that he's singing. That is a good reason to Did you that know there. that he's also called Freddie Merchantry? <gasps> <laughs> Fuck! Why don't we put this higher? I error? know. I found that out when I was looking at buying a plush of him. <laughs> uh, number 62 is Sunless Sea. Um, text heavy, good world building, kind Amazing of like exploration game. Yeah. Play this before um, Sunless Skies come out, it comes out. It. Because well, it, Sunless Skies has changed so many of the things that annoyed me about Sunless Sea right. that it, I don't think you'll back. be able to go back yeah. happily. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition, uh, like you can see an old RPG. Yeah, one of the few properly old RPGs in the list. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, uh, really good. Like opening city, um, completely like inverts the pacing from Baldur's Gate One, which was a lot of small towns, and then you finally got to the big city. This one's just like chapter two. You're in a massive city. Just make money, explore, enjoy all the weird stories happening in there. Yep, um, good to see uh, an old uh, game like that still make the list, um, even though there's a couple of sort of similar types of games further up. Um, Fez number sixty. Phil, you uh, you still love Fez? Don't I you? love Fez. Um, of the atmosphere of it, the kind of uh, very low stakes exploration. Like, there's no enemies. There's no like difficulty in that sense. It's just about like platforming around this world, digging things out, solving mysteries. Um, it gets like the, there are a lot of rabbit holes to go down as you're sort of figuring out what is making this world tick. Yeah. Um, Atmosphere is brilliant. It looks beautiful. It sounds great. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, the uh, uh, cancelling the second one is the worst thing the internet has ever done. Mm. Maybe, probably not. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's not. not but it makes me sad still. Yeah, I don't know why we've been, we didn't put number fifty nine's eighty days at number eighty. That seems like a, a misfire, really. Because <laughs> that's not how the list works. Unless, <laughs> that, unless it's that year we put Dragon Age two at ninety four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was the worst thing we've ever done. I think as a slash best. Yeah, slash best. Um, yeah, so eight days. I love eight days. I actually, finished it for the first time this year. Um, it's amazing how it brings this entire world to life just with the bits of text and like one image per city. Mm. It somehow does that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic, and even if um, even if it's probably better for mobile, um, it's still great on PC because the art is lovely. And uh, the writing is spectacular. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Uh, I have no idea how um, that many uh, how you can create that many different cities in that world and still have ideas for how each one is culturally different from the other. Um, but the uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great job. Uh, number fifty eight is Final Fantasy twelve, which came out on PC this year. Um, very the only good. single player Final Fantasy in the list. Yeah, it's probably the best one. Like I would, I would recommend to people um, who aren't fourteen. Um, yeah, <laughs> I struggle with it, and I don't know what it is. I think it's just a very slow start. It's very hardcore. The um, all of its RPG systems and mm. programming your different characters to hit things, hit big birds, take loot, but you can speed it up with a fast forward button, which is the best thing about it. This edition, <laughs> in my opinion, because it's a very slow moving game. Yes. Um, number fifty seven, Hexel's Infinite Pip. Uh, if you're into logic puzzles, this is really good. Mm. <laughs> uh, Hexels Infinite, I would say, is the best of the three Hexels games that currently exist. Um, and uh, also Square Cells is worth checking out, but slightly different. 
Hmm, okay, no. I'm going to keep at this pace till we get to the top ten, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, well. Homeworld Remastered Collection, good um, space RTS from Relic, mm -hmm. um, one of uh, Tom Senior's favourites. Worse than here, he's yeah. um, he's one of those games that he always writes about, along with Company of Heroes and Diablo. Um, Tom also recommends the new Homeworld Deserts of Karak. Yeah, um, which I think some people have been like back and forth on, but that Tom recommends it is strong. To me. Yeah, we it's gave good it a good know. review back in the day from Rob Zachney as well. Mm. Um, so number 55 is Dota 2. Pip? Uh, it is Valve's MOBA Behemoth. Um, I'm currently not playing it at the moment, but that will probably change with the international uh, when that starts later this month, because I always get the cravings. Yeah. But yeah. Excited to see some ghost boats. <laughs> They're my favourite. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I played it for a while and was sad. I'm glad that um, <laughs> but I'm glad that you're still playing it. Bit. How many hours have you got played now? Uh, it's over two thousand. Okay, so it's uh, several. NBD. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, PUBG is at number 54, player known as Battlegrounds. Uh, I think everyone should play it still, like, even though obviously there's this sort of clash between it and Fortnite, but I, w I would say they're very different kind mm. of yeah. experiences still. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, the. Um, I, I would say that um, Fortnite never has the same atmosphere that PUBG has with that kind of like tension as you're waiting to find other players. Mm. But everyone's everyone's probably played at this point, but even though it's still too janky, I think it's um it's very it's very having a lot of performance issues, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, recommend playing it still. Deus Ex mm -hmm. number fifty three. It's Deus Ex. It's Deus Ex. Yeah, uh, it's old and janky, but it does just enough to be worth playing anyway. It, like it is the purest immersive sim, yeah. probably along with Thief Two. You know. uh, third uh, first person games from that era can be spectacularly broken in many ways. Um, so there's always the question of is it still good enough to be worth playing and muddling through that? And it is mm -hmm. if you can. Yep. Uh, so Fallout Four is at number fifty-two. Uh, it was. It's probably the Fallout I'd still recommend to people who want to play one now um, it's got some very good side quests in there even though it's got the best shooting of the 3D it's, ones yeah certainly the best actual first person shootery game yeah uh, it's a cool it's a cool setting as well even if it didn't quite have some of the surprises that 3 had when I first played it mm. uh, yep glad to see it there um, number 51 is Stardew Valley uh, I guess there's still nothing really quite like it on PC it deserved to become the phenomenon that it has and you can play it in multiplayer. Yeah. It's a very nice atmosphere, even though if you get too into the farming side of things, it can drive you crazy with the maths of how do I make money. Mm. Um, but uh, also offers a lot of... Oh, yeah, sprinkler distribution. <laughs> That's the key. <laughs> um, lots of personality, though, and um, interesting characters to meet. And, yeah, it's yeah. very, very nice. Uh, number 50 is EVE Online. Another sort of story generator. Phil, do you want to comment on that one? Um, it... It's a story generator. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, it doesn't interest me at all as a thing to play. Like, yeah. it seems very slow-moving and tedious. Um, people always describe it as relaxing, which is, like, probably means you're going to be spared staring at a lot of menus while you mine some asteroids. Um, but, yeah, the, the actual drama and stories it generates at the high level are always fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Number 49 is Bioshock. I think I vouched for this one to be in there. Cause mm -hmm. There's some question about kicking it out of there, but... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think the, I think it's opening and uh, opening three or four hours are still. If I remember rightly, the conversation went, "You've played it recently, Pip. Do you think it should still be in there?" And I said, "No." And then you said, "Well, I think it should." And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then it ended up just over halfway up the list. Yeah, I was being a bit, I was being a bit stubborn there. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it was like we averaged that out, so it was basically either so one or not in there at all. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely it's it's down a bit though. Um, it's, yeah, it's yeah. dropping. 
It's like it's it is it's still I think the best at showing your world in first person in that kind of not quite immersive sim kind of game. Mm. Um, the yeah. world is unique. Like it, there isn't any other way of scratching that itch. I would say on. It's very true. Yeah, Infinite does it. Uh, does it as well, but like um, not. Uh, but the it's it's less as a less satisfying whole. I would say. Yeah, potentially. I think I prefer Infinite overall, but I'm in a minority there. It seems. I really like Infinite, but it's the combat is um, the combat in Infinite has the same problems as well. For um, sure. And it doesn't really end properly that game uh, unless you play the DLC. Um, but yeah, Warframe is at number forty-eight. Uh, one of those sort of strength, strength online free-to-play games. Yeah, Stephen Messner really likes this game. He bloody um, well does. For a while, it was the one that you would play on PC because Destiny wasn't on PC. Right. Yeah. And then it's now the thing that is sort of arguably better than Destiny on PC. So yeah, yeah. Because I got into Destiny, I never really checked it out. But it, I... weirdly, Warframe makes me feel seasick. Mm. So I can't play it. <laughs> oh, I'm sort of, sort of the world design and the character design doesn't really get me. No, I, I've played the opening couple of missions. I think cause we had to test giveaway codes, so I was forced to, and it didn't. It, and maybe it's got better since then. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably like you probably have to get deeper into the game to yeah. find all the cool stuff that people like. Um, number forty-seven is Darkest Dungeon. Evan really likes this. Yeah, I've not really, I'm not really played it actually. So, I do have it and an expansion because I'm an idiot when I buy games. <laughs> That's what I spend my money on. Um, but yeah, I understand it's a very good sort of grueling um, uh, Lovecraftian story generator um, where your uh, companions can die of I don't know foot rot or whatever. Um, that's probably not in the game, but Being that sad. sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Being sad in the head <laughs> from monsters. <laughs> Uh, number forty six is Opus Magnum. Um, Phil, it seems like a kind of game you would have played. Yeah, I'm, well, I haven't actually played it, I'm, and I'm sure I'd really like it because I tend to enjoy Zachtronics games. Um, like, I don't know how, in in what way specifically this is, or mechanically, I guess this is different to say um, Space Chem, mm-hmm. uh, but it looks like that sort of thing where you have one thing and you need to make another thing, and you do that with elaborate chains of processes. Yeah. yeah. It um, lends itself amazingly to GIFs, and I think mm. the GIF export system is one of the best things about the game. And we don't really mention it in like explaining why the game itself is good, but I think that it's it it's so good because these things loop so perfectly. Yeah, but yeah, it's a great way of you know publicizing the game. Yeah, absolutely. I remember seeing that a lot at launch. Um, number forty-five is Planescape Torment Enhanced Edition. Um, so uh, yeah, still. Uh, again, like it's kind of game where if you want that, it's scratched. Like this is not much around like it. Obviously, there's Tides of Numenera, but um, I think the kind of the specific choice of world and the writing and yeah. torment is still what gets people. Um, number forty-four, Civ Five. I think we probably debated this a little bit, but we did. Um, it's the most complete feeling Civ around yeah, still. Yeah, I think um, Civ Six is an interesting place. I don't think like the community's entirely jumped on board of it. Um, I know, like, Evan was pushing for Civ Six more, partly because of how great it looks. Um, it is gorgeous. Yeah, and, like, that's had some expansion stuff now, and I've not been back. I didn't really click with it at first. Um, but I think Civ Five is kind of an easy recommendation because, um, like, I know some people would advocate Civ Four over it just because of how ridiculously in-depth that game gets. But, like, this is just, like, a perfectly pitched blend of kind of tactics and accessibility and um, with like the expansions and everything now it's just like it just feels feature complete and really really robust mm-hmm. absolutely uh, number 43 is Invisible Ink uh, super good game yeah very good turn based um, tactics game sort of like I don't know 
spy XCOM, is that right to say? Or yeah, but like bit? XCOM, but it's way more upfront with information, and I think that's what makes it um, a really satisfying thing to work through, is that you always know what's going to happen before you make a turn, so it, it turns out that acting with full information is, uh, it doesn't reduce like the possibilities, it actually makes makes the choices more interesting to an extent because you know what you're going to be getting yourself into. Plus you can slide the difficulty to your satisfaction. Mm. Um, so if you don't want to make it too hard and you want a loss of money, you can do that. Um, so anyone can play it. Uh, number 42 is Overcooked. Uh, that's sort of the ultimate kind of party game, I guess. You know, Yeah. Very, very stressful cooking game. Destroys um, relationships, I've learned. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't destroy challenges. Challenge, okay. It stretches. Yeah. If you can get through it, then you know it just makes your relationship stronger, allegedly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, number 41 is Super Hexagon. Mm. Um, I, uh, I've never played this, Phil. Really? No. Okay. But, um, it's it's good, like it? it's so simply designed. Like It's so specific in its focus, but it pulls it off like basically perfectly. Yeah. Um, an incredibly good score attack uh, little arcade game where mm-hmm. you uh, dodge shapes while music is at you. <laughs> is at you? At you. <laughs> music sort of happens at, at you. you on Twitter. <laughs> um, okay, number 40 is Mass Effect 2. I think this has paid the price for Andromeda being bad by tumbling a bit. Uh, potentially. I think people are like... The, the further I get from the story of playing through the story of the trilogy, like the more I more remember like the shonkiness of various elements and like how basic it is. It is basic. I never really got on with the combat. It just, it was a thing I had to endure to get to the story. I wonder how much it falling is, is the fact that none of us have really felt the urge to go back over the years. Whereas I know the the person who does is Chris and he's not here to argue that case anymore. I think Chris Thurston leaving has hurt Mass Effect a lot. I'd go back to I'd go back to Mass Effect if I thought I had another thirty years to live, but it's, <laughs> it's a big, a big old commitment to um, to return mm. to a game like that these days. Mm. Um, uh, still love it though. Um, it's also in- a weird one to recommend to other people, being like, "Okay, well, do you start with Mass Effect?" Which we don't necessarily recommend as easily. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Mass Effect is definitely harder to play, but you sort of have to play. I mean, you don't have to play. You it, do have to play. You it, kind you? of have to play. Yeah. It. <laughs> Two only makes sense with one as well. Mm. Um, Thirty nine is Hearthstone. Um, Tim's <laughs> always playing it. Um, I, I, I never really know what Tim's deal with Hearthstone is, whether he loves it or he hates it. Hard to tell at times, isn't it? He's in a, a, an interesting relationship it's, with that game. Mm. <laughs> the amount of money he spent is something else. I think we talked about it on like a, a PC Gamer Q&A on the website. I yeah. think it was it was definitely into the hundreds on uh, booster packs. But yeah. Um, number 38 is GTA V. Um, it's, I don't know how I feel about this game. GTA Online is sort of an up and down experience. I think like, GTA yeah. V is just a, a staggering single player thing. It's a world you have to see. Mm, yeah, yeah, the world is amazing. The story is... Either you like it, it, like Andy seems to really enjoy it and the characters and that. I find the characters mostly intolerable but mm-hmm. kind of enjoy a lot of the mission design and just like the act of being given reasons to do things in that world is enough even if yeah like literally every one of them could be put in a giant wheat thresher and mulched and I'd be happy yeah they're pretty they're pretty hateable but there's mm. some definitely some fun set pieces in there um, and like uh, yeah the online stuff still has the heists even if the doomsday heist wasn't very and good yeah that's it the fir- those, those first heist missions are like some of the best co-op things I've played and like GTA Online has so many problems um, 
but when it all comes together for a decent mission, it's like nothing else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm so over Rockstar's satire, quote unquote satire, but. Yeah, yeah, it's just sort of. I'm so, I'm free, I laugh so infrequently, but there are so many attempts to make me laugh. Like, it's. Uh, I don't know. I could. I, I feel like I could write like the Doomsday Heist thing online. with like their Better Elon Musk alike, and oh, it was it's such just... insufferable dialogue. Like I could definitely. I feel like we could definitely write better dialogue than that given an afternoon. Yes. I mean, also, I would probably wouldn't put an Elon Musk type in a game because it's just like the real Elon Musk is like insufferable <laughs> enough. Like you don't need it really. Why would you parody that man? <laughs> yeah. Um, just look at his Twitter account. <laughs> Um, okay, so Company of Heroes is at number thirty-seven. Uh, the that's... the uh, classic Tom Senior game. There, the he loves those Company of Heroes. Is yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad to see it in there. Mm. Uh, it seems still seems to be the best of its sort of type of game. Yeah, it's a bit. I just like building tanks and throwing tanks at people, and that's why Commander Conquer's good. Um, this is a bit much for me. I've always found, but like, I'm glad that it exists and that people really get on with it because it does seem like it. Or something really well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Tom calls it one of the best real time strategy games ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the expansions are decent. I still relish the purity of Company of Heroes <laughs> asymmetrical core matchup. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, you should go play this game. I'm sure many of our readers have already. Um, number 36 is Half Life 2, another one that's dropped a bit, another kind of sort of old favourite that's dropped a bit. I think it's because we consciously decided that this isn't the FPS you'd play now if you wanted to play the best FPS around. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, um, and the one that, uh, that, that FPS that uh, we're talking about, we're alluding to there, is, uh, is uh, much higher up the list, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 35 is Devil Daggers. I've not played this. Do you two have anything to say about this? Uh, similar deal to um, Super Hexagon to an extent, in that it does one thing very specifically in here. It's like a sort of time attack FPS where you're just trying to survive as long as you can against a lot of demons just in a small room. Also, mm-hmm. it has. Uh, it, it, it's kind of. It, it's uh, Super Hexen, but also uh, Thumper. In yes. that it's like it's a really refined, polished thing, and does what it does so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so number thirty-four is Forza Horizon Three, a Phil Savage favourite. Yeah, um, it's my favourite racing game series, mm. despite it being full of knobbers. And you have to play it on uh, Windows Store, Microsoft Xbox. Store, Microsoft Store. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, that's all sad. But uh, the, the actual world is uh, beautiful and um, love the events. Uh, like it just, it's just silly enough so that it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard. But it's like there are just there's lots of variety. It has lots of it can try basically anything, um, and it doesn't feel incongruous, um, including fucking Hot Wheels tie-in DLC where all the tracks are orange. Orange is the new track. <laughs> <laughs> Did that turn out to be an achievement? In the yeah, game? you were so yeah. pleased with yourself for so long, and it was like I have to break it to you that actually that was an achievement. Name someone <sighs> the beat you to already, it. Uh, yeah, yeah I already thought that. I suppose um, if you're thinking about that game all day, all the time, you're going to come up with that pun eventually, aren't you? I, or it's spe- typo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, specifically love the sort of skill system thing where like whatever you do, like drifting and you know that kind of it's classic burnout. Drive on the wrong side of the road, do drifts or whatever. But here it builds a multiplier based skill point chain. That wherever you're driving, even if it's just between two events, like mm-hmm. there is still reason to have fun doing it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, cool. Um, so number 33 is Skyrim. That's um, dropped. It's dropped a little bit. Oh, a little yeah. bit. It was 26 last year. It's been dropping for a while. Is it the best? Is it like the highest rated trad RPG? On, I know it's not. It definitely no. isn't. I'm <laughs> completely wrong there. Yes. Well, I'm on shaky territory. But uh, yeah, the mods, uh, obviously the mod scene means you can uh, find yeah, ways to extend its life. There's feels a, relevant to an extent. Um, there's, a, there's a good, uh, you know, like fancy new edition of it you can play on PC as well if mm. you can't be bothered to mod it. So I yeah. think me and Pip still both prefer Oblivion. Yeah, I love Oblivion, but the mod scene pushed this into, you know, yeah. like I, I wouldn't argue mm. that that is a very decent reason for it to be in PC Gamer's top 100 over the over the previous one. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely, but you know, um, it's uh, obviously still a series that people love. Mm-hmm. Um, Proteus is number 32. Which is criminally low for Proteus, so... <laughs> If I this remember. was Pip's top 100, Proteus <laughs> would be in the number one spot. That's what the text says. <laughs> Thanks, Phil, for writing that. <laughs> no, it's me. Um, I remember the conversation about this where essentially, because we started, once we'd had about 100 games, we started from the top and then worked our way down. I still hadn't managed to successfully convince anybody of its position by the time we'd got to about 27 and I had to leave the office so that I could get home. And I was really worried that I would come in the next day and find that it was nowhere. So it was actually really nice to see that it had managed to come in like as high as it did because no one else seemed to believe me. But, you know. I thought that's another one we both went to bat for. Maybe yeah, just, well, you know, I played Proteus so I enjoy it. Like it's... Maybe it's because you knew that you'd have to put up with <laughs> My also, also that. It's not the highest. I would say it's not the highest Pip game on the list, though. There's uh, another one to come that's much higher. Is there? Yep. I should probably have known it. <laughs> um, <laughs> good. But anyway, it's not, yeah, it's yeah. a musical first-person game that's very good. Yep. Very relaxing. Very uh, cool. Uh, just play it. It's very cheap all the time on uh, mm. on Steam or wherever you get your games. Uh, Crusader Kings 2 is at number 31. A um, bit higher this year. Uh, hmm. It's the best grand strategy game, isn't it, really? Like- Pretty much, yeah. Like Of all the Paradox-style games, this is the one that focuses on characters specifically and not nations, and that means it's about the stories that you tell, not about progress and actually achieving things. Like It's a game where failure is a story, and because your only objective in it is to create a story failure is still success to an extent yeah it 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 means something and you can still enjoy that from the outside looking in every sort of like description of a story in crusader kings 2 is like this so uh my second cousin just married uh the wrong king in a different country and now bulgaria has declared war on us and it happened dynamically (laughs) and i named that niece and like this sort of thing Yes. This is uh, this is kind of how people describe that game. That's largely how it works. Yeah, um, yeah. It's also like if you find if you find the thought of these games like intimidating, I'd also say their presentation can be off-putting, but it's a lot simpler than it looks. See, so like, anyone can play it. Yeah, I, I getting into it, I was expecting it to be like a long process to learn and there was some like I did check out a few tutorials because to an extent because like I was doing stuff and I was thinking oh this seems entirely manageable am I missing something major and Mm. I had to sort of go off and on a research tangent to make sure I wasn't like completely missing an entire element of what I'm meant to be doing and no it turns out it is actually quite you know low-key you can just sort of follow the alert prompts that come up and they let you kind of manage things they tell you if there's any problems and as long as you deal with each of those you're being pretty effective that's cool I should really play it I got it free with PC Gamer like four years ago oh, so God, I should really, yeah. Uh, yeah. should really play that at some point 
Um, I think I tried to get into it so that I would have things to talk with um, Adam Smith about on, and then it turned out we've just got loads in common anyway, so it was just it was fine. <laughs> I didn't need to. <laughs> I'm guessing we've ran into lunchtime, Phil. Have we? We have a bit, yeah. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, no, we'll we're five minutes off lunchtime. Well, that's not we're not too too bad. It's we're, fine. We're we can all, have a late lunch. It's, yeah, it's good. We're a good clip, yeah. Um, so uh, number thirty is Portal Two. Um, yep, yeah, probably the, we debated which one it would be, didn't we? Um, um, briefly, I, I think I'll always go back to bat for Portal Two. Multiplayer just really tips it. Yeah, having completely for for me. Yeah, holy shit! I do not understand how that multiplayer works, though. Me and my friend were playing it and legit didn't understand how the level structure works. So you're in that weird sort of like labyrinth, and I couldn't work out where the hell you went, and I genuinely didn't understand how to play it in multiplayer. Oh wow! Yeah. What? I don't. I didn't understand it. I don't it. understand. I, I, I remember being. What it was. Is really it just a series for? of like test rooms broken up by a larger environment? We couldn't understand. So you've got a hub room, and then you go into like a numbered series of. We didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't understand. <laughs> I played the. I've beaten the single player, but like, I do not. I did not understand how that worked. Honestly, we should try again. I guess. I've embarrassed myself. Um, <laughs> I, it's been a while since I played that. I don't remember it being a problem to no, understand really, the hub room. That was not the point of friction for anybody else. I think in this room, maybe we but sh- there's only three of us. Well, maybe we just maybe we just didn't finish the level properly, and then yeah, we, I think there's like one tutorial before the, you get to the hub room or something. All right, so we shut the bed on that one. Um, Apparently, that's, uh, that's my embarrassment. Anyway, it's good. Uh, okay, Wow is at number twenty nine. World of Warcraft uh, a bit higher this year, probably mm-hmm. because. Um, Stephen likes it, and yeah, and so he went for a back for it. And I think Andy, yes, yeah, still enjoys the idea of it, if not necessarily is a regular player of it. Um, also, the Legion was a really successful expansion. Mm. It sounds like and yeah. people seem both excited and confused over the next expansion and the story of it. Plus, you can be uh, able to play uh, WoW sort of classic, won't you? As well, it will have. Oh yeah, a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah nice. that's that's a cool that's a cool idea. Mm. <clears throat> so yeah, plenty of ways to play that. Um, I think it's the highest MMO on the list. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number twenty-eight is Undertale. Um, I still not feel played like it. all three of us either didn't gel with the idea of it, or I, I bounced off it really hard when yeah. I booted it up. I haven't played it, but I, I'm willing to believe it's worth putting here. Tyler mm-hmm. really likes it, and I think it's it's like what I was saying about um, uh, Deadly Premonition. Like if you love it, you love it, and if you don't, you just kind of don't get it it seems yeah yeah but like yeah it's one of those ones where i keep wanting to go back and try it again because there have been so many people have been like i think you'll really love it and they're people i trust but yeah Mm. yeah i wanted to finish earthbound first which i have on my 3ds but like um because just to kind of understand undertale's relationship with it and i'm about halfway through earthbound so maybe next year Um, I should play it. It's just I've got to get over that hump. In the same reason that I haven't watched Rick and Morty because the way people talk about it. Oh, online. holy shit! Yeah, that is absolutely why I've not watched Rick and Morty. Fuck all that stuff about like <laughs> these people getting angry about sauce they couldn't get at McDonald's, and I'm like, fuck you! Like, I, I fuck you and fuck Rick and Morty. That's what I thought. I have that relationship a bit with Undertale, but I should get over it because <laughs> it's. I mean, it's not the game's fault, and you know, it's not really the people who are excited about that game's fault. It's my fault for just being like a bitter condensed mass of terrible emotions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, this got real. <laughs> Big uh, mood. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Dan, Dan Harmon, I just can't be doing with Dan Harmon stuff either. Like, after listening to his podcast and the way people celebrate, I'm like, no, I just don't want any of that. Um, okay, Fortnite Battle Royale is at number 27. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, one of the few emails we've got about the top 100 was uh, t- telling us off for not putting Fortnite in the top 100. 
but here it is, 27. It's, yeah, it's, Read it. <laughs> it. It is. I, I, I think it's phenomenal. For a free game, it is an amazing mm. thing to just play. Like Even if you, if you don't want to buy the Battle Pass stuff, like you can immediately pick it up and enjoy it. And The combat's really so, good. The, the, well, in fact, the whole entire world is destructible. It's, mm. re, it's, it's really, really good. Like The only bad thing is you have to use the, un, the Unreal Launcher, or it's called the Epic Games Launcher. Mm. But, uh, yeah. I've um I I like it and I like that it managed to meaningfully differentiate itself from PUBG mm. um after sort of initially looking a bit like a clone or you know coming across as a bit of an opportunistic like grab for for traffic but um I my fingers don't work on building I don't understand I don't understand building too fast either. what's going on well, I or sort of like granddads. I sort of every <laughs> every time I sort of encounter a player it's like I get my shotgun and I'm just trying to run round while they're building walls to stop me from getting them I'm like this is strange but I can't build walls so this will do I stand still looking at lakes (laughs) and then I get into the top 30 every time it's very easy to get into the top 30 I I love its little achievements it's little um, sort of goals it gives you as well and yeah, it's um, a very nice to make game. If I'm being honest, though, I I prefer playing it on Switch in bed because it's uh, yeah, it's perfect for that little screen. Mm. Uh, nice art style. Um, mm-hmm. So, 26 is League of Legends. Pip, you do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it, and I actually, if I'm honest, because of the all random or mid mode, I end up playing this more often than I play Dota nowadays because I find that easier to just dip into and have a low stakes match. Even though Dota's now added a few things like um, like the turbo mode and stuff, mm. um, I still end up preferring this. And yeah, it's just it's a really well made game and. Yeah, the attendant MOBA problems of community toxicity at points, but you know, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> don't condone that. But game's good. Cool. Yes, yeah, good reason for it to be on there. Esports is awesome as well. The scene is like I just find it really interesting and really compelling to watch. Great. So good enough reason for me. Uh, twenty-five is City Skylines. A bit higher this year. This is probably the biggest jump from eighty-two to twenty-five. Is it because we did that diary feature? Yeah, um, we all had a good time. <laughs> yeah, because we all went back to it and were kind of reminded about how well it does the thing that it does. And there is no other game that does what it does not that well. To this extent, um, not even yeah, close. Really, quality like it's the best city builder. Um, mm. So yeah, like it should be high up the list. I had an absolute blast playing it. Um, it's really with, good uh, with you. It was great. Literally with your meetings. <laughs> It's really just really enjoyable and relaxing, and so many good mods. As yeah, well. and they've added loads of cool stuff over the years. Um, and yeah, the like, even if you're not into the idea of mods that change things mm. or like change your experience in notable ways, you can just go through and uh, subscribe to a bunch well. of buildings and stuff. And yeah, there's just so many ways to express yourself in that game. Mm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. At number twenty four is Armor Three. Uh, I think it's still another another type of game that is the best at what it does. Mm. Very good um, sort of military simulation. Again, it's not something I've only really played in sort of like uh, you know hijinks led kind of like diary, diary features, features yeah. with the team, but it's really good at that, and you can tell it's amazing at what it does. I'm yeah. sure I'd enjoy the single. I've player. I've played a few. I've, I've not really played the single player, but I've sort of downloaded a few mods. There was one I really liked that was kind of like. 
Um, you just had to find somebody on an island. So it was basically an orienteering challenge where you just sort of narrowed down their location by finding clues and talking to people. And it was just really well made and it made for like a really nice, different experience. Well, they are gorgeous environments, aren't mm. they? So, yeah, it's a beautiful world to be in. I think um, as well, it's like it, it, part of its um, importance in this list as well is like as a, as a jumping off point for a bunch of other games, you know, that have also sort of... Yeah, the most influential games in the world. You know, they kind of like sort of starts here, really, doesn't it? Or yeah. with Armour 2, I guess. With Armour 2, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good reason for it to be there. Um, her story is at number 23. Yep. Uh, I sort of, I've said this before, but like it's the, I think it's the best detective game ever made because it doesn't give you a, a, a complete ending, really. Like it ends when you figured it out. Mm. And um, it's for mm. a scripted uh, detective game wouldn't be able to do that. You're sort of like Phoenix Wrights and games like that. Um, or yeah. it's not even when you figured it out, it's when you're happy with the version of the story yeah, that yeah. You, you've settled on. I only discovered this year that I got the story completely wrong. Um, <laughs> and uh, my girlfriend had to explain what actually happened because I hadn't seen enough clips that or hadn't put it together properly. Right, yeah. But yeah. I really like that because I think that two people can have a story that feels right or feels like the end point of their investigation I and think, like be happy with that and it be different. Yeah, like, yeah. Launching off something that came up in um Zalavia's development diaries that he does for the magazine, like next issues one, which I read the other day, is like a lot of investigation games have a real problem with the idea of failure and because like that there's no way of you getting something wrong and still feeling like it's a satisfying way to proceed whereas like that seems like an example of if if you you know your version of the story isn't the same as your girlfriend's therefore technically one of you got what that story is wrong or at least like what you haven't discerned the truth as it was written yeah but you still came away with satisfying experiences which feels much more in the spirit of being a detective like you a lot of the time you couldn't know what the actual truth is so it comes down to an interpretation and you feeling like you found something yeah i'm almost sad that it can't be ripped off because it is a very specific way it does it by slicing up all the uh, interviews into different clips but yeah. I really wish someone could find a way to replicate the feeling it gives you as a detective game um, there's a few people and I think possibly Sam Barlow is one of them doing things uh, with uh, browser experiences you know where uh, you know you might have like three different cameras like playing out the same real time story and switching between them gives you different elements of what's actually happening right yeah things like that it's kind of interesting mm. it's like different technologies out there that i think certainly film director it, it's more on the interactive filmmaking side of things than the specifically gaming side mm. yeah i think yeah. soderberg made something with sharon stone for hbo i can't remember what it's called now but um mm. yeah i uh I'll, I'll check out more of sam Barlow's stuff for sure okay number 22 is total warhammer 2 um yes. i don't think it's any of our type of games it says it's down from last year i'm guessing that was warhammer 1 that was the it's the it's, that it's dropped from Oh, well, sorry, up. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, a game hadn't been released last year, so... Had it not? It must be the first one, I'm guessing. But either way, yeah, it's um, good to see on the list. Um, yes. Tom uh, has said that it's the um, most sort of approachable. He would say it's probably, if you're going to start a campaign now, you should play um campaign in this one. Yes. Um, it's a good shout. And obviously, if you like um, to see, uh, you know, old Warhammer Fantasy units uh, come to life on screen, it is very good at yeah, offering that spectacle. Incredibly detailed. Um, and even if you don't know what they are, they're just fantastic to look at. Yeah, it's beautiful. The design of them is mm. awesome. The in animations. A whole bunch of ways. The monsters, yeah. particularly, I'm thinking of. 
Yeah, absolutely, and the sort of leader characters and stuff. Um, number twenty-one is The Sims Four, which is uh, very much a, 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 a like a game that you play, Pip, isn't it? But mm-hmm. it's um, the expansions have really added some value to it, haven't they? Yeah, generally with The Sims, it's, it, it reminds me a bit of how we talk about paradox stuff, where like the the base game is mm. kind of always a bit, uh, and then you wait until there's a critical mass of expansions and other things. Um, I feel like uh, you do with Metro where I say the same things over and over <laughs> but it's like there is no game out there that does what it does but the pricing model is still of a problem for mm. me because you do especially early on in the game's life you do very much feel that sense of I've bought the product that everything else slots into and then I'll be expected to pay money yeah. for the for the things that I want to bring to this. Yeah. It's priced more like a hobby than a game so mm. you buy the yeah. framework work to the hobby and then you're it's all on you to collect the constituent parts over the course of many years i think that works when it is the only game that you play and it works out as like an amazing like price per hour kind of thing but for people like me who really love it but who will only spend you know a bit of a chunk of time on it and then drift away for a while that actually ends up feeling punishing and can tip the tide of whether i play or you know yeah 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 if you're picking up now like uh, get wait for a good sale you can get the base game and cats and dogs together it seems like a good expansions and you've there's Mm. enough there to like experience what it does and like you say yeah it's it's the only real choice for that kind of life yeah. simulation story generation. Yeah, it is. I think they are a bit pricier than than I would find comfortable. But I nonetheless think that, like playing an MMO, if you're going to play, if you're going to get the most out of that game, then and you feel like you can justify spending it, then you should spend it and have the best experience. Yeah. Um, in some cases, um, okay. So twenty is CS:GO, Counter Strike, uh, Global Offensive. Uh, just sort of has climbed quite a lot this year. Remains. Um, mm. Remains the best of what it well, maybe not actually. But, um, yeah, I think we, we talked a lot because there's a few competitive shooters in the top 20. Um, yeah, we talked a lot about their placing and they all do slightly different things. Yeah, yeah. Like CSGO's thing is there is no classes or anything, it is two sides each with an objective, and so it's a very pure competitive experience. Whereas Siege is obviously like has all of these different yeah. moving parts and mm. different, you know, operators that fit together in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um okay, Rocket League's number nineteen. Everyone knows what that game is. Car football. Um that is uh, still a very probably the most enjoyable, easy to approach competitive game. Unless you get super two into it. Uh, then yeah, then, then it's not necessarily enjoyable. <laughs> I got into it again briefly this year, and like I think my my time with it is mostly over. But I, I it's still the best thing to just jump in, play for five minutes. Yeah. Um, Hitman's number eighteen. Uh, it's dropped a little bit this year, but it's great to see it on the list. Um, mm. it, yeah, I love uh, it's beautiful, lavish environments and uh, different ways to unlock it. Um, I think playing it with the what's it called on Phil? What do they call it? Um, opportunities yeah opportunity system is fantastic for turning into a more of a sort of scripted game that Mm -hmm. allows you to uncover all the different bits of what they've put into the world and to appreciate that Um, obviously you can play it your own way but um, I find that a really enjoyable way of playing the game and can't wait for the second one might might knock it on the list next year Um, Kerbal Space Program Phil do you want to talk about that number 17 yeah um, yeah it's a very good rock tree simulator um, for works because it has like all of the sciencey stuff and the building um and like if you care about maths it's got maths but actually none of that's really important it's just sort of a game about 
incremental progress and learning as you go and it just feels like this really kind of tactile tinkerer's box of toys that you turn that you um like failure is kind of feels fine because it's always slapstick and silly and it's got this kind of comedy element that helps smooth you through progress as you learn what you're doing um and then your reward is you get to go to space and see it looks sort of feel really atmospheric and cool even though it's quite lo-fi in a lot of ways how it looks like its lighting system still does just enough to make floating around space and and achieving that feel like a proper milestone hmm. i think as well like it, it it lets you feel really uh pleased about meeting smaller milestones mm. so you might initially feel absolutely overwhelmed by a task but you know then you start chipping away or like you know looking stuff up or like it's asking other people or actually you know figuring out what you need to do on your own within the game and then you know just even being able to get a rocket to a certain point you start yeah. feeling okay well this is the first part of that but it it feels as exciting in that moment as if you'd done the whole thing and i think that's a, a really cool thing where some games just make it feel like well if you don't meet the whole requirements immediately then you know that that can feel a bit like a failure or a hollow yeah you know, experience yeah, yeah there's um a, a huge community as well uh, doing all sorts of things with it whether it's new ship parts or like one of my favorite mods is one that just like plays the sound of um sort of low level chat from mission control coming over mm. like the radio or whatever which just sort of adds this really kind of strong immersive element to it that i really enjoy it does nothing else it's just like some sound files will play sometimes but yeah nasa's been involved in some of the you know the extra the, like, yeah the expansions and, and stuff yeah it's mm. awesome yeah it's uh Yep, another example of a game only doing what yeah. it does. I've not been back since the um, last expansion, which added like a mission creation system. But like, it sounds like some of the mods for that have been really in depth and cool. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay, cool. Um, so Splunky is at number sixteen. Uh, <sighs> another one that's been doing the rounds for every year since it's been released. Yeah, former game of the year. Uh, people know what it is, don't they? Splunky, isn't it? Yeah, Splunky. Uh, Fifteen, another one that. Just, I think me and Andy vote for every year. Um, I actually played through it again this year. I didn't enjoy it quite as much the second time. Uh, it's got some really frustrating. Did you say that it was only in isolation? Oh no, I didn't. I think you just Sorry. said fifteen. Another I really one. need a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm leaning over. I need right, a sandwich. Okay. Um, number fifteen, yeah, Alien Isolation uh, dropped from eight last year. Um, it's still the best horror game you can on play PC. on PC. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Number fourteen, sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> number thirteen, ham. Number twelve, cheese. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I might need a sandwich for when we do the number 10, actually. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I still uh, love Alien. It's, there's nothing else like it. It captures that a, uh, that the atmosphere of those films extremely well, of uh, that film specifically, uh, even if it can be a real pain in the arse and a bit unfair, I would say. If you're terrified, there is also a no Alien mod, I do believe, that Sam <laughs> Rhea wrote about for us. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think the working Joe's are scary in the Alien, personally, but hey. Um, number 14 is Overwatch. Uh, you know how I feel about Winston, Phil, but I... Uh, <laughs> How do you feel about the hamster? The hamster, ah. I looked at it and I just sighed deeply. And, uh, the hamster's definitely worse than Winston. The hamster, yeah. Sign. But, you know, Twitter went nuts for it, so I guess it did its job. Yes, uh, it did an Overwatch, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, enjoyable shooter. Yeah, very good. A uh, very good team shooter mm. with uh, cool, colourful characters. Um, yeah. And the monkey. And very well made and maintained by Blizzard and continues to evolve. Thirteen. is uh, Life is Strange. Mm -hmm. um, yep, I think we all enjoy that episodic game with... Interesting characters and 
uh, meaningful relationships and Sad good deals. Yeah. Fields. And there'll be a second one soon. Any more to add on that one, Pip? Just excited about two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it should be. It's going to be an all new set of characters, isn't it? So that is exciting. Hmm. Um, Hollow Knight is at number 12. Uh, it's uh, another very good 2D Metroidvania type game. I love the art style. It's probably one of my favourite art art styles in games yeah. so yeah it's gorgeous it's beautiful mm. it takes a it takes a while to get going as I understand it but like um, very rewarding over a long period of time Tom Senior likes it too doesn't he and yes. they've added like I think three significant chunks of free um, DLC wow. in the time since like wow, they've committed yeah. to doing that so yeah it's pretty amazing it's always like pretty cheap in sales as well um, oh yeah I keep meaning to check that out and I, I will at some point in the near future same Doom is at number 11 2016's Doom hell yeah Fucking love that game. Great, great shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, just the the yeah. I think as we discussed with Half Life Two, it is the shooter we would recommend now. Yeah, I think that's the other. one. Like the rhythm of it is so good. Um, just the kind of constant pace of shooting and punching and shooting and punching. Um, and like it, it, it nicely splits between these kind of incredibly like enjoyable tense firefights over large rooms, and then you'll get like some more slower paced exploration bits where you're kind of left alone and you can just pick around the world and find little secrets and stuff yeah and like I said plus with snap maps you can play a bunch of different levels that people have made if you uh, want to get more out of that game yeah. but I think replaying the regular levels is enjoyable in itself yeah I'm excited to see what um, Doom Eternal is all about yeah as we record this they're going to reveal it in a few hours I think shit yeah yeah dang yeah can't wait to play more of it um, so Metal Gear Solid 5 is at number 10 we're, at number, we're in the top 10 finally it's another game of the year yeah um, yeah I, I uh, play this every year a little bit um, Phil you actually completed it this year yes you? I finally finished it after playing it for so many hours just like pissing about in the world because that's what I enjoyed more than like just doing main missions I think it was just kind of going into that map and having a mess about and looking around for things and playing yeah, main missions are like kind of like playing armor or something, really, aren't they? They're like destroy four tanks or whatever. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's just yeah. A lot of it is just set you on the map, and there's some targets, and how you go about them, and even how you get to them is entirely down to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, completed it, and uh, a lot of people do not like its ending, and I thought it was good. Yeah, I like the ending too. Uh, number nine is Dark Souls Remastered. Um, always in the list, but definitely uh, it's it's it has suffered a bit more than some of the other games. It is as a result not of the new two. process. <laughs> yeah, there was kind of like it was having Dark Souls, the same games at one, two, three, four, five that made us want to change the list this year. Mm. Um, and uh, yep, uh, obviously it remains extremely good and had a, has a nice remaster that you yeah. can buy for a, a, you know some money off uh, on PC. But um, yeah, tumbling a little bit there, uh, not by much. Um, Subnautica it's um, yeah, one of the highest pip games in this list I would it say is. Yeah, this would really be the number one in the pip top 100 um, not, uh, I, would, I would argue but, possibly uh, although Proteus is like has, I go back to that more yeah. I would say whereas with Subnautica I think I have about 150 hours in it mm. but I feel quite not done with it but there's nothing that brings me back and makes me want to you know, start up another save file for the moment. You played yeah. it a lot over the years, the last few years. Yeah, I played it a bit when it was in early access, and then deliberately stayed away from it until it came out properly. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing and surprising, and it is like also terrifying as well um, in terms of you know things that will suddenly just appear at you in the sea. Um, so yeah, 
yeah i know that there's a few people who find that just too unnerving and won't play it but and yeah so it's got you know the visuals are amazing the sound design's brilliant like it's such a good game that's cool such a the scariness actually makes me want to play it more. I will, I will, I will check it out this year before we get to our mm. game of the year process because I'm sure it's going to end up with something. Um, yep, yeah, uh, XCOM Two is at number seven. Uh, yep, it's yeah. the best of that type of game, um, particularly with the expansion. Even if um, I think uh, we, um, Tom Senior in particular, feels that he would probably take out a system for everyone that it adds. It's a very complicated. Um, yes, game. So it's- it's, there's a lot going on, isn't there? Um, but it, you know, it's also like fairly influential. Like it feels like the success of XCOM and XCOM Two have <laughs> has really um, triggered a new wave of these turn-based tactical games, like being a big accepted genre on PC again. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Yeah, it is now its own its own uh, genre. As mm. uh, Julian Gollop wrote about for us. Um, yeah, I uh, I still haven't actually completed a campaign of XCOM 2. I really should. Same. Yeah. <laughs> That's because they're so damn long. Yes. Uh, yeah, but I will get to that. Uh, number six is Rainbow C- uh, Six Sandwich. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, the number corresponds at this point. We did well. We did one number corresponding to a thing. We did, yeah. Actually, that does actually, that does actually work. Uh, yeah, Rainbow Six Siege is here. Um, that is another game that changes every year and seems to gain momentum every year. Seems to have find more and more players... Um, and it's has a really sort of like wired on uh, community. Um, it seems really exciting from the outside looking mm. in. I don't like its specific complexity with its systems. Like that, that pushes me away because I prefer things with a, the Counter Strike style of, you right. know, like there's there's some mild strategic layers there, but also I can pick up a thing and shoot a thing. Right. I, I assume that you can do that with Siege, but like we just haven't tried. I think you can, but you get so punished for it. Yeah, it's, it yeah. feels like a game. Rainbow Six Siege specifically feels like a game where I haven't done enough homework to play it. That's what I felt. I think the few <laughs> rounds I played was just like I need to know the maps better than I do and to be an effective well, member of my and, team. Oh, I could, yeah. Maybe, I, I don't know if we have a beginner's guide on the site, but um, we uh, we should have one if mm. not. Um, but yeah, it's um, it, it, for the people who love that uh, that game, they clearly really love it. Yeah. And like it, considering it, I think it had kind of a slow start when it first came out. Like to for it to be a full price game and keep finding a an audience more of a larger and larger audience like that is really something and yeah I yeah. mean it's jumped up a bunch this year because Ubisoft have supported it like really well um, mm. they kept adding things and yeah. you know, doing new seasons and like keeping people excited about it and we decided that is the kind of game that we want to have we want mm. to have represented here like something that you know really speaks to its audience in that way and yeah, is exciting and sort of vibrant. Um, okay, cool. Number five is what remains of Edith Finch. Um, yeah, I'm really glad to see that incredibly high. That's we've we've talked about how it's like the logical conclusion of that type of, I guess, that generation of walking simulator that maybe began with Dear Esther. But they do some amazing things in terms of um, interesting ways of using control systems yes. as well. Which you know, if I, I one of the things that this list maybe doesn't have not doesn't have represented because you need to to pick things but you know it's things like brothers a tale of two sons Mm. and things like that uses a controller in a really interesting way um the snake pass thing from recent times oh what's it called Uh, yes Uh, i know what you mean anyway um but there are some basically the mechanical aspect of input on pc doesn't Mm. always like get 
used to its full capacity it's more you know what WASD means blah 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 even if you're Wes like that boy (laughs) needs to understand Um, but it's one of those things where I think this also helps us highlight that yeah how are we doing time wise (laughs) we're blowing straight past lunchtime what is it it's uh, 20 past 1 we've got 4 games left I don't think we're blowing past lunchtime we'll be done pretty soon I think (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, so Into the Breach is at number four, um, which is great to see. It's a, a game that came out this year. It's yep. a fantastic potted um, strategy game that's mm-hmm. like impeccably made. Uh, each campaign is different, but um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I, I but yeah, I, I love it. It's great to see. Yeah, it's list. such a great game for just sort of sitting and planning out what to do and being put into really tight situations that feel solvable anyway. Because yeah. you've got like a broad degree of tools. Um, and yeah, I mean, I like there are turns of this that have lasted twenty minutes while I try and figure out: a is there any way I can get this without not out taking any damage or without anything yeah. going wrong? And then once I realise no, okay, well, what specific thing can I do? I have to sacrifice to like extend my campaign beyond. It's it's full of very like interesting decisions that you have to make it um, a, yeah it's a game of knocking things back yeah and thinking like two or three turns ahead and yeah it's all about positioning and yeah where everything is placed and where everything is shooting and uh like uh, invisible ink it is a game about having full information about what's going to happen next um and knowing what your actions mean and that being the source of difficult choices yeah, it is like a, a near perfect example of why I wanted the list, the process to change this year. Like mm. um, just to uh, to feel kind of fresher for there to be um, more new and exciting games in there. And I'm I'm sure it'll probably be a game of the year uh, contender. It so, will be in the discussion, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, number three is Divinity: Original Sin Two, last year's game of the year. Uh, I think we uh, another, uh, probably like what I was saying before, like another good example of why the the list works I think slightly better this year yeah 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 um, um the this is like really taking people's imagination like it is probably the most celebrated of this new wave of kind of what people call CRPGs but it's not really the same quite it's not quite the same thing these days is it like it's not apples to oranges exactly oh not exactly but like it but it's part of that lineage, obviously. Yeah, it's yeah. part of that lineage. It has that kind of relationship with um, less about direct action and more about um, consequences to your choices and like having like deep branching paths and outcomes for quests mm. and just having a super complicated uh, combat system that is like things. I mean, the, the screenshot we've used is an entire page on fire, which is basically how it looks all the time when you're having a fight because things explode all the goddamn time. <laughs> uh, is it like have you, have you played the co-op match, Phil? No, I haven't played any of the co-op. Um, I'd be interested in trying it. It's just sort of figuring out like... Is it drop in, drop out or do you have to like play one long consistent I quest don't... for the player? Because no. that would be a deal breaker for me, I think, on trying it in co-op. But like, um, yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, I, I actually don't know. Um, but they've also got like their sort of GM mode thing where you can create Adventures for other people. We keep meaning to do to try. We keep meaning to do we? that, yeah. but it's like but it's getting Andy time. to do it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. It's getting Andy to play um, play GM again, yeah. as he did in Armor. Um, yeah, well, we'll like we'll 
there were a few rough edges with it, and I'll be interested to see how the um, whatever it's called, Definitive Edition, Game of the Year Edition, whatever they're calling it. That's kind of the free patch that's coming. Oh, well, it's not a free patch. It's a new version of the game that's being given free to extra people. dialogue and story extra stuff, dialogue, yeah. a better um, journal, which is one of the things I struggle with. It's like it's mission objective log is like really a bit annoying. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're clearing out. They're um, doing better tutorials by the sounds of it, and just like smoothing out some of the rough edges. Which, yeah, yeah um, maybe like after that, it will, could climb even higher next year. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, still cool to see it there for sure. Uh, number two is decided two. Hell, yes, it is. Yep, I've uh, I I uh, called it the best immersive sim there has ever been there. Even though uh, we may stop using that term soon. Um, because it's been called useless by some of the. Um, I'm not going to stop using it. <laughs> I do like. I do like using it. I wonder how readers feel about it. They're probably fine uh, with it. Depends. I think. Yeah. Like either you're fine with it. Most of the people who aren't get really hung up on the fact that the word sim is in there, and they're like, it's not a simulator, and it's like, yeah, that's not what the word sim's doing in that. Anyway, so it's a whole other discussion. If that is a genre, like let's say it is, then th- this does feel like the next generation of that genre. Like it's just a, a near perfect first person game that has really kind of novel high concept levels and extremely well made sort of stealth action levels like it's uh, yeah each 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 mission is just it feels like a real event they are staggering creations yeah, and environments it, and uh, yeah it fixed two of the main problems like people raised from dishonored one of which was you're punished for using your abilities because of the resource management yeah. so if it just doesn't ever feel a problem here like it always feels like you can do the things that you want to do yeah and the second being that it there, there wasn't enough power centered around stealth like a lot of dishonored ones uh, abilities were ways to kill people um uh and so if you wanted to play i said there aren't enough ways to do stealth there aren't enough ways to do it non-violently uh in some one like it's all about killing people and a lot of the pacifist run play was about getting into position just and then your only option was to choke out the guard or use a sleep dart or use sleep dart whatever um where it's sort of to like its powers feel a lot more about room management and about setting up these interesting chains that will let you slip past um but also you can just fuck a dude up with some eldritch tentacles if you want <laughs> Yeah, but like, and then yeah, you can, uh, you know, like, just uh, my favorite thing is just using that domino effect, hooking up four enemies, and mm-hmm. then just like dropping down, saying, "Hey, come find me," and then like blocking one sword attack, and then like getting them to choke hold, then passing out, and then the three other people just passing out like that. It's just an amazing feeling, and mm. yeah. Um, okay, we've reached number one. Shit, it, it is the same number one as last year <laughs> and the year before. The Witcher Three Wild Hunt. Um, I think that's I'm comfortable with that though. Like we, you know, I I actually don't really have a stake in, in this really, but it is the one that most of the team comfortably agrees is the game that everyone should play right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I'm absolutely fine with it being there as a as a result. Oh yeah, I like this man on the um, main page who is uh, has all the PlayStation symbols behind him. Um, he seems to be having a good time. I know that really they're the magic symbols in The Witcher 3. I'm just being, a, I'm just trolling there. Um, talk about The Witcher then, Phil, as the uh, the man who loves this this game. Um, yeah, it's The Witcher, isn't it? I'd, sorry, you, you call me the man who loves this game the most. I was the one arguing the most that Dishonored 2 should be number one. <laughs> yeah. But, no, uh, I'm also happy with The Witcher 3 at number one. And um, it is... 
just an incredible... It's an RPG that does a bit of everything really well. Yeah, like yeah. I think a lot of the other RPGs on the list, a lot of the other games on the list, do one thing like especially well, like perfectly well, and then it's sort of the writing's really good. The quest design is really good. Like in some of the uh, the best kind of chains of missions um, in terms of both like what you're asked to do, which and how that feeds into the world. Um, the world building is really good. Um, it's got a card mini game that is very good and kind of is a reason to journey through the world because you want your good Gwent decks. Mm, yeah. Um, it's a, yeah, it's it's, a, it's an amazing world as well in terms of how it looks and to explore and yeah, yeah. Combat could be better, but it's fine. Like it does the job. Um, yeah, uh, there's like consequences to actions. There are interesting things that happen based on how you navigate your way through the world. Like, it's a grand adventure through a beautiful world, which is kind of what you want out of a role playing game on PC. Absolutely. Pip, do you have anything to add on The, the Witcher? I do not. Um, only that I. It, it, it's similar to actually a few of the things in the top five. It's. I know that there's just so much time involved, which is why I've put it off. It's, yeah. it, if if I knew that it was a shorter prospect, I'd have played it by now. But because I know it's gonna eat like possibly a few months worth of evenings. Oh, I still haven't <laughs> finished it. Like I haven't finished the the main game, let alone started on any of the expansions yet. Yeah, it's on. It's always been on my list. Uh, I've played like the first couple of hours, and that's really it. So uh, yeah, um, Into the Breach is probably the one of the top five that. You oh, that would be the finish. Yeah, these are the games you could get like the measure of in about three hours. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Dishonored Two set aside ten to twenty hours easily. I played it for thirty hours. Yeah, yeah. I probably did, and I was reviewing it. So. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, nice to see everything at each level. Divinity, hey, I hope you're going to live for another two hundred hours because that's how long that will take. Yeah, probably. Divinity is the one that I really don't think I'll ever get around yeah. to playing. Um, but one of the nice things actually about The Witcher 3 is that um, I think at this point the 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 hot takes have definitely slowed. Yes. And so you can actually, if you missed it when it first came out, you don't feel like you're being pressured to get to certain points yeah. or to, to actually sort of experience it at anything other than your own pace. So I think that's a good case for for being able to boot it up now without mm. feeling those things or yeah. knowing that you'll get something spoiled for you immediately. Mm, yeah. Oh, uh, mm. yes, we are in a post hot takes landscape on the Witcher 3. <laughs> um, if only we were there for Bioshock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, so um, that is the end of the top 100. That was yeah. quite exhausting, but um, enjoyable to go through, actually. Yeah, it's always good to sort we'll of go through and be honest. And, yeah, we should bring sandwiches next time we do I, one of these. I think all three of us are um, extremely hungry, like, because uh, we started recording <laughs> Tommy this. Was I did, I did hear it, and I kept thinking about the ham sandwiches in my bag. I'm like, oh, they're so close now. I can eat them in like the next three minutes. It's going to be good. I was looking around to see whether any of the stuff that Games Radar has in this room was edible. Mm. I could eat that Labo thing. Yeah, I assume those Sonic Gold Rings aren't a real cereal up there. Yeah, disappointing. Mm. And if I burst open the box, that would probably cause some problems. So. Okay, well, that is the end of the top 100. We hope you have enjoyed it. Um, we certainly think it's the best list we've produced in the last few years. I'd say um, so. Yeah. It's, Even uh, if it doesn't have Yakuza 0 on it, because it was made a couple of months ago. <laughs> and there is space in the supplement where you can write your own top 100 and send it to us. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> do, because it's quite interesting. Some 
yeah, did that. Yeah, someone did. It was it's, interesting to look through. It's and really lovely. One Square Enix PR uh, put near Automata for every single entry. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder who that was. <laughs> Um, yeah, thank you very much for, for uh, listening. I hope you uh, have enjoyed the top 100. If you haven't got it yet, you can go pick it up now. It's really uh, beautifully presented in this nice supplement in uh, yeah, a very special issue with a great World of Warcraft um, set of features. There are some really good stories in that as well. Mm. I genuinely enjoyed proofreading it. Yeah, it's a, an amazing issue. I'd say one of the best ones that you, uh, you as a team have done um, this year so far. Um, so yeah, go pick that up. Um, great uh, yeah you can uh, subscribe and leave us a review if you like uh, we realise the pod- podcast is irregular um, but we're um, we're trying to do we're gonna, we'll try and do them more regularly I always say that but uh, yeah. look at the fact that there was a supplement in this issue that's why we've been away those yeah. are yeah. really hard to make also yeah. the irregularity is part of our charm <laughs> Allegedly, Maybe. I'm mostly <laughs> ramshackle these days as a team. I feel like it's shabby chic, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, okay, that's the end of the podcast. We're going to eat a sandwich. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Bye.